Whoa! I don't think I even want to hear your story. All of you must hear the Scarlet Spider story. My name is Ben Riley. I'm related to this reality's Peter Parker. How? I'm his clone. Or maybe he's my clone. We're not sure. I'm the real Spider-Man. I don't know what kind of mind game this is, but I'm the real Spider-Man. The real Peter Parker. You see? I thought I was that clone. I tried to stay out of Peter's life by taking on a new identity. I dyed my hair, changed my name to Ben Riley. When I became a costume hero of the Scarlet Spider, it really made him angry. But the next big blow came from Dr. Kurt Connors. He discovered that, according to our genetic structures, it might be Peter who was the clone, not me. That news pushed Peter Parker over the edge. Now he hated me with a passion. This is starting to sound like a bad comic book plot. It gets worse. Why didn't you just tell me I was a clone? The cloning process has proven unstable. You're coming apart. Welcome back to the Clone Saga Chronicles podcast, a podcast powered by the Spidey Dude Radio Network. This is the 52nd edition of CSC. So I lied. Um, real quick moment here. It's the 53rd edition of Clone Saga Chronicles. In this episode, we go back to June of 1995 through October of 1995 with the now so classic and warranted a retcon by Bendis, Planet of... The Symbiotes. They required a retcon? What was this? No, uh, Bendis actually wrote a story, another Planet of the Symbiotes story, where, with uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Where the Guardians of the Galaxy, and with um, Flash Venom, fought a bunch of symbiotes. Bendis wrote Guardians of the Galaxy? Huh. Yeah. He wrote the volume that came out around the time of the movie. By the way, these issues are not in the spiderfan.org database. Me thinks that there's a conspiracy and that they secretly deleted them out since they work for Marvel on the encyclopedias. That's not very professional. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, so, yeah, this is um, during a turbulent time in Spider-Man. Gerard, you had, a, you had a point that you were going to make about the continuity at the point at this point. Uh, you want to introduce who's on your show first? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, yeah that, that, that I'm have, Donovan. <laughs> this is Donovan Morgan Grant from comic book film review on the Gotham Chronicles podcast. Our proudest achievements ever, obviously. And uh, you got Gerard De La Tour the second from Mayday Mondays here on the Spidey Dash Dude Radio Network. Yay, episode 52. Dan DiDio is having hot flashes right now. No, <laughs> 52. Oh my god, it's episode 52. <laughs> and Steve Barker's going to edit us, obviously. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then he's going to jump over to Spider-Man and kill a bunch of Babies. Don't just stop, stop, go <laughs> there. They break everybody's... They break I, like, everybody's. I, like, I like how you actively tried to be mean. <laughs> he's going to, he's going to he kill uh, babies. Even, it's even better that he couldn't quite do it right. <laughs> like, he's trying to be vicious and angry. He's just not in his character. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, 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 I'm so full of Which hope... Uh, I, I'm so full of hope and optimism, even though my ex-wife hasn't completely crushed my soul yet. I hope that's cut out. <laughs> <laughs> no. no, I'll leave it in, pockets. <laughs> All right. So, um, Gerard, 
you had a point about the continuity because this takes place around ASM four hundred. Well, I was I was actually more from the angle of I remember I was reading the first part and I'm like, when the hell does this take place? Because me too. Reed Richards is dead. Right. And then I'm trying to remember. Okay, so this takes place between. Well, one of the issues says it takes place before Spec two twenty six, correct? Right. And I, I was just like, wait, what's Spec two twenty six? That's the one where they were, were. You're you're not the clone. You're the cl- that one, right? Yeah, two twenty three. No, that is where um, that's during Mark of Cain, where they're trying where uh, it's oh, okay. got the it's got the cover that's actually on the back of the Clone Saga trade trade number three, and it's where oh, Scarlet's sorry. got Peter wrapped up and Peter's glaring. Hogtied. Yeah, he's got him hogtied and all that stuff. Which means this also takes place during the Batman Spider Man crossover because that specifically took place before Spider Man two twenty Spectacular Spider Man two twenty whatever. <laughs> so obviously this is happening the exact same time. <laughs> Both are still in continuity. But it also happened sometime after Fantastic Four three eighty one, but before Fantastic Four four oh seven. Because that's when Reed was dead. And I remember reading old Untold Tales of Spider Man where like there was ads where like, like Reed and Doom are dead. LOL, I guess. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. That was although, one, although one thing that I totally forgot was that, yeah, DeFalco was writing Spectacular and Fantastic Four at the same time during this era. I totally forgot. Well, they brought back David Michelinie for this. And David Michelinie... Oh. Um, <laughs> David Michelinie is also well, well known and most famous for creating the character of Venom and visually, he is and uh, Carnage. And Carnage. Um, so he's very well known. He's very well uh, versed in the symbiote world. <laughs> he's also very well versed in milking it for all its worth. Yes, that's well, probably one of his biggest problems on his amazing run. So um, Glenn Greenberg and Tom Brevoort edited this book. Of course, it did. So from Life of Riley, I've got uh, Glenn's comments here. This is from uh, I think part ten. Glenn's comments. Tom Brevoort and Glenn edited those five Spider-Man super specials. There was one super special for the four monthly Spider-Man titles and one for Venom as well. We inherited Planet of the Symbiotes concept, which had been suggested by former Spider-Man assistant editor Mike Lackey and was approved by group editor Danny Fingeroff. Danny was overseeing Tom and Glenn at this point and suggested that they hire former Spider-Man writer David McElhinney to write it. David was a logical choice since he co-created Venom with Todd McFarlane and arguably knew more about the character than anybody else. If they were going to do a story exploring the origins of the Venom symbiote, it made sense for David to write it. He had never worked with Michelini before, and it was a little apprehensive. He absolutely loved his work on Marvel's Star Wars back in the 80s and was well aware of his legendary status on Iron Man that his work on Iron Man had achieved. But he must admit he never really enjoyed his Spider-Man. And nonetheless, he thought David did a fairly solid job on Planet of the Symbiotes. (laughs) What? (laughs) Sorry. By the way, uh, he didn't particularly think highly of his Spider-Man. I wonder if this coward actually said that to his face. Yeah, right. (laughs) Didn't do it (laughs) if he did it behind a screen, you know, on the Internet. I have a sneaking suspicion that he didn't say this to him. Probably not. He thought David, uh, it seemed like he was having fun with it. <laughs> uh, somebody, I'm glad somebody's having fun. Uh, this is what you have to look forward to in the rest of this episode, folks. Um, we got to, they got to work with some really good artists with Kyle, Kyle Hotz, Derek Robin, Robertson, who is their old standby, I swear, because he, he, he did more ancillary work in the Clone Saga than probably any other artist. And, but that's a good thing, because his fill-ins are usually pretty good. Yep. 
And uh, Steve Light. Lytle, excuse me, not Light. Light. Lightly. Lightly. See, this is why I have Gerard on, because he's the only one that knows how to say people's last names. <laughs> I, just, I just remember him because he did the covers. If you've ever read a lot of those uh, classic X-Men issues, he did a lot of those covers. Yeah. Yeah. And by classic X-Men, I don't mean X-Men back in the day. I mean the series classic X-Men. Which was reprints. That, that, yeah, it was reprints that also had, like, uh, original backup stories. Speaking of backup stories, one of the Super Specials had a short backup story written by Stan Lee and penciled by Derek and inked by the ever-awesome George Perez. And this, he recalls correctly, was the first time really working with Stan and he was totally jazzed. I mean, who else wouldn't be jazzed? The story takes place right after Aunt May's funeral and Peter thinking back to the day he found out that his parents had died. It was a touching story and the art was just fabulous. George really liked inking Derek's pencils and he was thrilled and I know how thrilled Derek was to be working with both Stan and George. Derek and, and Glenn are still friends, and he cites this story as one of the high points of his career. Now, was this legit Stan, or was this Roy Thomas pretending to be Stan? No. So that's, a, that's a serious question. I, I think it was Stan. Okay. I, I really do. I think this was Stan. And I think, actually, if you read in the Clone Saga trades, this backup story is actually... Let me double check. I'm verifying this right now. I think they put it right after 400. Hmm. And so, oh yeah, right, right. Actually, they placed uh, Planet of the Symbiotes right before 400. So you got this story right. Before. What? Yeah, yeah. And this they is do, yeah. Look at the trade right now. Yep. Uh, Circle of Life was written by Stan Lee. Derek Robinson was a penciler, and George Press was inker. So. See, I was just curious because a lot of the times when they credit Stan for stuff, it's either Roy Thomas or someone else that's just filling in for Stan. Yeah, it's yeah. They just stick Stan's name on it. It's like the uh, the Ghost Riders of. Uh, except that that's not supposed to be public information. Shut your face. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's privileged information, Zach. We're not supposed to talk about that. Yeah. Um, but no, no, no. Uh, uh, Roy, for example, writes a lot of the Spider-Man daily strips. Yeah. Okay. And isn't also Larry Leaper as well? Yeah, didn't he? Didn't he do the art? Yeah, but Larry Leaper. Larry Leaper also had wrote some of it. Right. Yeah. In fact, if I remember correctly, his first credits in Marvel were writing. I think he wrote scripts for like Thor and stuff like that. Yeah. Um. And I mean, I mean, it makes sense because hell, Stan can't even read a book. What the hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 like, 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 like the man's. 93 years old. I mean, I, I honestly thought, like, you know, do you seriously believe he's still writing these days? Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, oh. I, I don't. I love how we're getting off topic on, on Stan Lee. Oh, my God, he's so old, you guys. <laughs> no, 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 there's actually a comical story. of Back when he wrote, uh, do you remember the last Fantastic Four story? Yes. Which was written by him and his art by uh, John Romita Jr. Yeah. I remember they were at a convention once. Stan and, and J.R. Jr. were both there. And I, th and I can't remember what the hell the panel was about, but they were talking about something. And I think they asked Stan what artist he was, like, most disappointed he never worked with. And he said, he said, he pointed across the table, he said, well, John Romita Jr., of course. And J.R. Jr. looks at him and goes, uh, last Fantastic Four story. That, uh, that, I, I remember that. I remember that story. Yeah, the whole, I remember like, like hearing that where like like people laughed at him. The point, the point being, that's one of those ones Stan probably didn't write. <laughs> so, like, of course, he doesn't remember, remember working with 
In fact, at the time, it was in the process of being made, i.e. they were working on it actively at that exact moment in time. Yeah. That he claimed that he would never work with them. Oh, yeah. I never like worked with the guy. Oh, oh wait! What? I'm, I'm sitting right next to you. Right. Impression week here at Spider- SpideyDestudio.com. Since when did the thing write comics? <laughs> what a revolting development! <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, so let's get let's get. Um, I'll, I'll, um, okay, I'll talk about the flipbook feature part of the um, uh, when we get to the to the actual uh, later on in the episode. So I'll, I'll mention it and we'll talk about when we're going to actually cover because we're not going to cover the flip books in this particular episode. All right, so Amazing Spider-Man. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, in the... Uh, uh, the, the, uh, the lizard story. Yeah, in the in Planet of the Symbiotes, they had the, the A story, which was Planet of the Symbiotes, and then they had the B story, which was a Scarlet Spider meets the lizard. And so because there's a Ben Riley as Spider-Man meets the lizard story, we're going to put... This story that was in the back of the Planet of the Symbiotes in, its, in an episode with the uh, Ben Riley stuff. So we're going to combine that, as I like to call it, a lizard tale. Alright, nobody laughed. That, that, that's, that's bad. <laughs> I'm that's not bad. as good at puns as Mr. Douglas over at Spider-Man. No, that was, a good, that was a good pun, but it was one of those... See, the thing with puns... I appreciate the effort. The thing with puns is they're usually either good or they're so bad that they make you laugh. That one was actually just a clever pun, but not bad enough to make me laugh. Okay. All right, so we got Planet of the Symbiotes, part one of five. Amazing Spider-Man Super Special, number one, 1995. Get some! Exactly. I kind of feel like Eric Bischoff right now. <laughs> I'm back. So we got um, um, we got David Michelinie's the writer, David Hoover is the penciler, Ralph Cabrera the inker, Bill Oakley the letterer, Tom Smith the colorist, Brevoort editor, Danny Fingerup group editor, and Bob Bielinski is the editor in chief. So the Planet of the Symbiotes chapter one, the Far Cry. We open. We open up with Spider-Man taking on a bunch of thugs, and we have a Arnold lookalike that looks directly out of out of Judge Dredd, a 2018. <laughs> a movie he wasn't in. <laughs> yeah, that's how Sylvester Stallone you think. Ah, oh. <laughs> but the guy does a does like a Schwarzenegger. <laughs> it's like a Schwarzen- It's like a Schwarzenegger and and <laughs> Stallone and Judge Dredd had a baby. That's who that guy looks like. Anyway, so sure. Spider-Man Spider-Man is fighting the bunch of Rena cops where we cut over to Venom. Contemplating the events from the recent epic event, Separation Anxiety, the miniseries. The video game! <laughs> Not to be confused with the video game. Which is basically an, a retooled version of Maximum Carnage, the video game, if you've never played it. Yeah, I was disappointed when I played that a few years ago. Yeah. So, um, Venom shows up and he's ready to take out, take out the, the uh, Riddick Cops when Spider-Man convinces him that it's probably not a good idea. He then, like, lets Eddie go because, you know, plot. So uh, we then cut to Mary Jane and Peter Parker talking about what's going on between Eddie and the other. He goes to the Fantastic Four. We get a recap of what happened during Secret Wars, supposedly, to, according to some people on certain podcasts, the greatest story of all time. I only said that once. No, I was talking about other people, not you. I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I never said that. Um, so then we have... Um, <laughs> then we have <laughs> this is this, this helmet's ridiculous. Like they have a, basically what essentially is a is a 
helmet-controlled spider slayer. The thing is there, and then Venom shows up and starts ripping off arms. Um, we then cut to um, um, Venom going into the park, and he tells <laughs> he tells the symbiote to leave me. He leave me now. Be gone. And like I want to see other symbiotes. <laughs> <laughs> and so the symbiote um, uh, crawls like, skin. Crawl, crawls away and, and like you know screams bloody murder. We then cut to um, Ravencroft, where uh, a really well drugged, um, uh, a really well drugged Cletus Gasdy starts grinning. We then cut to the next page, where a funny shaped spaceship and a bunch of symbiotes have uh, arrived because of the giant cry made by the Venom symbiote. So the Venom symbiote is now called upon the power of Grayskull. I mean. <laughs> the uh, the the giant spaceship with a bunch of symbiotes to come to Earth. We then cut to part two of Planet of the Symbiotes. No, we don't. That's a different comic entirely. Okay. Unless unless you're reading the trades, in which case I guess it does just cut right to the next yes, issue. It, it really does literally cut right to the next issue. I turned the page and it's right in front of me. Um, and I was following along with the trade and I forgot to look at the backup story. My bad. Okay, who cares? I honestly didn't even read them. Here's <laughs> what happened, and um, I downloaded it, but I didn't read the backup story. Are we covering the backup stories? Well, we were going to cover the backup stories because I yeah, just forget it. There is a backup story. Um, we won't cover it because it's really not really truly relevant. So, um, do we want to grade these individually, or do we want to do one big old mashup and then grade it as a whole? I think the issues are that interesting. Go, go one by one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, just, just all at once. Okay, so we then cut to issue number. Two of Planet of the Symbiotes, part number two, Spider-Man number one, 1995, and the recap is to... I don't know. <laughs> Gerard Dillon. It, 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 it's me. Yeah, it's Gerard Dillon, too. <laughs> I was hoping. <laughs> Apologizing in advance, this is not a pre-scripted one like I usually do. Uh, it's called Planet of the Symbiotes, chapter two, The, the Lurkers. Oh, I'm sorry, not The Lurkers, just Lurkers. Uh, it's written by David Michelinie, penciled by Joel St. Pierre. Oh, no, not him. Inked by, inked by Greg Adams and colored by Tom Smith. The issue starts with a, a, an exciting change of pace, where, unlike reality for once, it's a black cop shooting an unarmed white man. Oh, wow! This is truly, this is, this is truly fantastic. Yes. What <laughs> the hell am I getting myself into? Uh, but it turns out... Unarmed white man is actually Venom. a carrier for a symbiote, which uh, lashes out and attacks the cop. Uh, meanwhile, back at the black uh, guy dies again. Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> yes, unfortunately, and he like flings him. But later, there's like a chalk outline. I don't know. It's inconsistent. Dude, uh, it's the way the so, <laughs> God. Okay, keep going. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it looks like he's getting some kind of like uh, chiropractor chiropractor thing with his back, and then he has a Ninja Turtle head. It's really hard to explain. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so then we cut to uh, Peter and Mary Jade's apartment, where Peter has the the sonic gun that Reed Richards invented that he's toting in case he has to fight Venom, even though it looks a lot smaller than it did the last time. I, I guess that's just a mistake where the artist didn't double-check or something. And uh, so Peter decides to go out as Spider-Man, of course, to track Venom down and all that business with the gun with him. Uh Cletus Cassidy is in Ravencroft, which for some reason is called Ravencroft Sanitarium in this issue. 
Has that ever been it's called a uh, Ravencroft Institute? Yeah. Okay. They just call it Ravencroft Sanitarium, which is weird. Uh, so then uh, Cleus Cassidy's all tied up, and he, he starts having some uh, brain activity, and he m- winks at one of the guys, even though he's supposed to be comatose. And I need to point out, this is bad artistic continuity, because in the previous issue he was in a coma with his eyes closed, and in this issue he's in a coma with his eyes open, but whatever. <laughs> then, uh, uh, of course, I forgot to mention, the cop was attacked at Nassau Coliseum, because that's where Peter, where Spider-Man and Scarlet Spider go to check out the crime scene, <laughs> where you have a, a really comical-looking yellow chalk outline. That sort of looks like uh, Pitfall Harry. Looks like Video he... Man from freaking. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He with, with a gunshot to his head. They like, yeah. under a spotlight. <laughs> yeah, that's which is by the way totally not what happened to that guy. So then uh, Eddie Brock, uh, who's dressed as Dutch Schaefer in this issue, kicks <laughs> down uh, a piece of the vent and he comes down on a rope. And he gives uh, Peter and, and Ben some kind of sob story about how he's responsible for letting the symbiote out and killing some of his people, so he's going to join them, and they give him the sonic gun so that he can use as a weapon. Suddenly, while they're they're investigating all of this, they are, in fact, attacked by uh, somebody in a symbiote suit. A really goofy-looking face, too. It sort of looks like a... Uh, mask. Yeah, it kind of it does look like the mask, where its face keeps changing and contorting and stuff. Mm. So anyway... Uh, Venom shoots the symbiote off of that guy, who, who turns out to be a rather innocent man, and he also comes to the c- conclusion that, uh, wait, this isn't in this issue, what am I saying? So the symbiote tries to rebond with him, but the guy doesn't want it, and Eddie's talking about how there's something wrong, because the symbiote has never joined with a host who didn't want it. <coughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. Yeah, <laughs> dude. Uh, if we th- th- when we get to the when we get to the thoughts, the amount of the amount of uh, fr- quite frankly. Fr- Cups in terms of continuity. <laughs> oh no! Yes, is is just some. Uh, God, not, I'm, I'm shutting up. <laughs> uh, there's a pointless scene of Mary Jane frying dresses. Who cares? Um, <laughs> and then, uh, of course, they go, they then travel upstate, which the comic makes sure to point out. They do it in a rented four by four to explain how, <laughs> how. No, I'm serious. They do to explain how. Uh, Spider-Man and Ben Riley could even get upstate without web swinging. I'm so like I'm so surprised they didn't put like one of those awkward like just Eddie's driving and you got you got Peter you know with the mask lifted up and Ben with the mask lifted up and one's got a one's got a soda in one hand and one's got he's eating chips and you got the awkward silence be like so uh, Eddie you uh, drive often you know <laughs> like I think that's the only thing that's missing is a montage scene. <laughs> One of them farts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're all. They're all um, uh, the first Green Goblin issue were like, like, like Spider-Man and the Goblin like are like on a bus to Hollywood and like they spend ten hours in the same flight, the same trip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then, so then they uh, they realize that the symbiotes have put together a Stargate using the technology that they stole in the previous issue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even better, not only does the Stargate have a web pattern in the middle, the explanation that they give for how this works is the thing that they stole is a modulator that boosts energy so that they can use it to power up the mechanism by itself. Ladies and gentlemen, a company invented perpetual motion. I don't know how this happened, but 
Yeah, it violates every natural law of <laughs> In this Marvel Universe, we, we uh, observe the laws of thermodynamics. <laughs> nice reference. So, of course, oh, oh, by the way, there are also like a million symbiotes there. So, the symbiotes attack. They jump on Eddie first. He starts using the gun, and, you know, there's a, a pointless battle ensues where basically the end gist of it is the machine, they're all, the, the symbi- a symbiote pulls them all into the machine, and they get pulled to the other side, and we don't know what it, what's on the other side because the last panel is a bunch of grinning symbiotes. What a cliffhanger. And isn't it like some sort of like, like 3D like, like image uh, trick rendered like thing? In the, te- in the second to last panel, it was like, like, like kind of like a like those 90s eye image uh, pictures. Yeah, like yeah, like a magic eye puzzle, but like <laughs> with, like a mix with a kaleidoscope. <laughs> it's a really crappy effect too. Let's see a vagina. <laughs> I don't know what kind of vaginas you've been looking at, man. <laughs> it's a big world out there. <laughs> there are certain things a man sometimes a man can't simply explain. <laughs> oh, God. And and that leads to uh <laughs> <laughs> On that note <laughs> that, that's transition. You forgot you forgot to even mention the stupidest part of this entire scene. Like Eddie fires off a random laser gun and uh there's apparently a symbiote attached to Scarlet Spider. Oh, yeah, that'll be important later. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't even notice the first time I read it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which, all right, Planet of the Symbiotes, part three of five, the Venom Super Special. Yeah. And uh, Donovan's got this recap. All right, so uh, previously on Spider-Man, um, Spider-Man, the Scar Spider, and uh, Special Agent Commando Brock have been transported into an alien planet do we call this the Planet of the Symbiotes? Do we call this Monster World? Well, we have our options uh, considering the title page. Written by David Michelinie, penciled by Kyle... Okay, my, trade, my, my trade's a little blurry. Does it say Hots? Cots? Yes. Oh, yes, Hots. H-O-T-Z. Okay, okay it, it's, like, it's like a big black block. Uh, penciled by that guy. Inked by Armando Gill and colored by Tom Smith. So we see our heroes surrounded by this really crazy-looking... Um, Kind of, it's, it's almost kind of like a, like, a, like a castle, kind of like a cybernetic, uh, grungy alien uh, uh, arena, uh, populated by these aliens that look like the aliens from the movie Alien or Aliens. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they are their budget xenomorphs <laughs> with like suction cups on their backs and stuff. Uh, there are there actually are aliens that have the alien symbiote on them. I apologize for the for the redundancy and and terminology, but you know, so. So uh, our hero's like, yeah, Zooks! A fight ensues. Um, Brock only has his, or or the Sonic gun to defend himself. And it's at this point that uh, we go back to the fact that apparently Ben's jersey has been a symbiote the entire time. In fact, the Venom symbiote, as it were. Um, They realize this, and they say, well, Ben's trying to ask the the symbiote what's going on, but it can't tell him for reasons. Uh, so it says the only possible way is to bring back the dreaded Venom. So the symbiote goes back to uh, Brock, but um, and he says, I realize it's only temporary. I don't like it any more than you do. Uh, yeah, sure he does. So he explains through glorious uh, exposition that apparently the symbiote alien species is a group that bonds to a host, but they actually use up their host to the point of death. They've gone through uh, the galaxy destroying countless uh, alien races and sort of just basically sustaining on hosts. 
But the Venom symbiote, you know, our favorite symbiote, the one that we know the bestest, um, was actually a little kinder. It rather just kind of jo- joined with a host rather than completely dominate their biology. So um, it was imprisoned to be judged. Uh, so it found itself on Battle World, where uh, Spider-Man went to get the, the costume maker, and the rest is history. Um, and now that it's joined back up with Venom on the planet of the symbiotes, it wants to help them escape, essentially. Um, that just raises more questions. It kind of does. <laughs> so, let's see. Um, basically, uh, the symbiote tells them that they're basically running their way. They could get, get to Earth and, um, soon, so they might as well stop them. But their main priority is to just leave and get back to Earth. After a jacked-up scene with, with Cleo's Cassidy, considering the artwork, uh, we cut back to... Them trying to get back to the Stargate, but at this point, Scarlet Spider looks naked to me <laughs> without his without his hoodie. I, I, I mean, I know he's not, but <laughs> you re- you realize how crappy his design is when he doesn't have the hoodie on. Yeah. It is just, it's just a red spandex suit, basically. It, It'd be it, different yeah. if he had like a spider like uh, insignia on it. It'd be fine. Underpants. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but he, he he is Captain Underpants in this particular issue. Uh, I, I, before I knew about the story, I never knew that he was ever depicted like this. I was like, wow. <laughs> they pulled out all the stops for this one. Yes, they did. It's so a they, super special, buddy. <laughs> so they head back to the Stargate, and they're like, huh, that, that was easy. There's no guards here, obviously. So they're wondering, like, who must stay to make sure that they get back safely? And, and um, Black Suit Spider-Man, <laughs> I mean, Scarlet Spider says, well, it should be me because I'm a clone. But Venom uh, offers to say. Uh, unfortunately for them, the alien symbiotes were incognito. They were using their camouflage powers. So all of a sudden, there are like a hundred of these guys. They're there to attack. Um, the Venom symbiote gets off of Brock again so uh, to help fight or something. Uh, they reactivate the Stargate. Peter and Ben jump through. Uh, the symbiote rebonds with Eddie, and they jump through and make it back to Earth. But um, apparently, uh, they tried to destroy the Stargate once they got back to Earth, but... Uh, Venom says, according to my other, symbiotes share genetic memory. When one tore substance from us as we escaped, it must have read that memory discovered the, the disruption wave. That means there's no way to stop them. And in the last page, <laughs> there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of these guys to, def- to uh, destroy Peter, Eddie Brock, and Ben Riley. Overwhelmingly continued in Spectacular Spider-Man Super Special number one. <laughs> you can almost hear the, uh, you can almost hear the overdramatic like Roland Emmerich style music in the background, like while they're looking at this thing and all the symbiotes are coming out. The symbiotes are literally like, like chipping over themselves to, to eat them. <laughs> Brain. Um, did I say I was going to get to the next one? Yeah, yeah, I can do. I, spectac- I can do spectacular. It's fine. Well, you were supposed to do web. So if if you do spec, then Don does web. Okay, I'll do. Yeah, you do spec. I'll, I'll do web. All right, it'll, it'll, it'll be a lot less organized, but I'll, I'll do my best. Sure. Um, so we continue into Planet of the Symbiotes Part Four or Five in the spectacular Spider-Man Super Special Number One of One Question Mark. Yeah. Um, with, with a fairly decent cover, I think of um, Spider-Man being attacked by people with venom faces, <clears throat> and um, including Cap Armor, including the Cap Armor. Hell <laughs> to the yes. Um. A uh, news reporter reports on the situation all over the world. The entire planet's been taken over by Venom symbiotes. Um, characters like how they get across? How they get across the ocean so fast? Well, you see. <laughs> well, you see, they 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 rode the jet stream. 
And, uh, <laughs> that's not how the jet stream works. They flew on the air currents, obviously. <laughs> they, made them, they made themselves into an air pocket. I was like, oh, yeah. So, um, so we see it. Or they were a big giant sail and they made a sailboat. <laughs> well, there are like a million of them, so maybe they made like a human ladder across the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> yeah, they did a human, like a symbiote chain. <laughs> yeah, let's, all, is... let's all let's all link arms and, and protest uh, global warming. I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, so alien symbiotes don't believe in climate change. <laughs> <laughs> we are the climate change. Oh my god, that's the secret backstory. They need to get off of their planet because their planet was, was consumed by climate. <laughs> <laughs> planet Crypto. <laughs> Book it, Marvel. <laughs> Jor-El was right. You know what? That still makes more sense than what the, this story said. Um, so we see vignettes of like human torch and black... Bipolar should be killing these things. They're having relatively little trouble. But ye gods, Captain America has taken over by Venom symbiote. Complete, replete with uh, green slimy tongue. Awesome. <laughs> and, 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 and by the way, it's armor cap. <laughs> well, how long do they have that costume on for? Like, two minutes? <laughs> Actually, a lot longer than that, if you think about it. Because it wasn't like most of the early 90s. I don't... I really don't know. Because like, he had his normal costume in Maximum Carnage. By the way, you know who the first... I, if I'm not mistaken, first artist to draw him in that? Dave Hoover, who drew uh, the first Super Special. Oh, okay. So um, this, this Weird is... Weird connection. That has nothing to do with it. Uh, reunion. Um, and the newsroom was like, you know, they could be anywhere. They could be anywhere. Even under my wig! You see him venom out, which is a... I like that image. <laughs> it's kind of a cool image. So Mary Jane is sitting at home, boarded up windows with a butcher knife on the table, and she's burning it. That's a pleasant image. So um, she gets uh, nervous and says, I wonder if Peter's okay. Ah, my cigarettes. They smell so good. Oh, Peter, why did you have to become Spider-Man, man, man? And we got to Spider-Man uh, escaping from like these uh, kind of like, like, like Venom symbiote zombies. He goes through a tunnel, uh, screams, now! And uh, it was a secret plan by Venom and Scar Spider to uh, uh, bring down the tunnel by webbing down the, the stone blocks, uh, holding it up. Um, we go back to the Ravencroft... Um, whatever it said last time, where we see a third different type of uh, confinement for Cletus Cassidy. He's now in a straight jacket with a um, with a Bane mask on, and he's, he's <laughs> this, is, this is not Ravencroft. Oh, uh, it says it says it's a detention facility some miles distant. Okay, so they, so they moved him. Whoops, I should have paid more attention to play on the symbiotes. So, um, two of the guards are like, you know, oh man, I hope the aliens don't show up here. And then the, the bigger guard, uh, Venom's out, and he turns into like a Venom guy with a mustache, which I can't help but like. Um, <laughs> so, uh, apparently Cletus Cassidy has his brain hooked up so he can actually verbalize his thoughts via text on the screen and, uh, kind of mocks the, uh, Venom guy. And he's like, ah, screw you! So he, so he stabs him, and Cletus is like, that's exactly what I needed! Because as we all know, his blood, uh, I do know this with Maximum Carnage, his blood contains, helps contain the uh, mutated symbiote. So he instantly goes to, uh, becomes Carnage. And um, I believe he, what does he do? Does he eat the symbiote? Does he absorb it? He absorbs it, right? Um, which uh, tra- yep. transforms him to an even bigger uh, Carnage. Um, I can't wait for that. Cut to the mall. Where not even Barney the Dinosaur is safe from symbiotes, apparently. <laughs> and, and, and Ben's like, I don't like this. I mean, a mall on a Saturday afternoon, this place should be packed. Oh, man. So, um, <laughs> this is a ridiculous scene. 
stay cool, Ben. So they're wandering around uh, for something. Um, and I think they're just kind of getting supplies. Uh, ben takes precious time to re-up his jersey and make a new uh, Star Spider uh, hoodie. Um... We, uh, which he, you didn't even mess, m- mention the best way that he did it, which is that he took like a regular hoodie, he ripped the sleeves off because he needs the ripped sleeves, and then he took like a he took a marker and drew the spider on the front. <laughs> yeah, he didn't even draw it right. He drew it like straight up and down instead of cockeyed. Well, he was, pre- he was he was pressed for time. <laughs> yeah, I know, Zach. I mean, if you were pressed for time, wouldn't you just rip the sleeves off of a hoodie, then take your time to draw a spider on it? That's slightly accurate. Why Why do you even do that? It's a brand new costume, obviously. <laughs> Scar Spider costume, too. And he, he, I like that he leaves money. <laughs> he feels so responsible. By the way, that was in the dialogue and not the art, so I have a, I have a sneaking suspicion that somebody was in the editorial office was like, well, you can't just have him steal it. Put in a line of dialogue or he leaves money. That would be as bad as Spider-Man having an unwed child. Uh, <laughs> can't so, have that. So Venom and Spider-Man reconvene. And like, oh, I wonder if, I wonder if Spider-Man's having any, any uh, luck. And Ben runs, Ben's carrying a propane torch at this time. He's like, guys, they're here. So they're being chased by Uzi, uh, Venom Monster. Why wasn't this ever a video game? <laughs> Sound of rice itself. <laughs> um, so they trap themselves into a storage area, and uh, Venom talks about how when his uh, when his symbiote was feeling emo, it cried and kind of brought up all the symbiotes. So he can try to do that again to uh, to so they can trap all the symbiotes in one one part, I believe. Um, so they end up back at the Stargate, and uh, they try to. Basically, attack all, 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 as many symbiotes as they can with a bunch of these propane torches. A fight ensues. Um, I believe that at one point the Stargate gets destroyed, and they're like, oh, jeez, can things get any worse? And then <laughs> Cletus gets like, sorry, I'm late. And they turn around, and freaking Carnage is 50 feet tall. <laughs> Again, this is the second time we've seen. In a- well, actually, it's technically the first time, because. Yeah. Uh, Minimum carnage is later. Oh, I never read Minimum Carnage. Yeah, they rehashed this like three years ago. Yes, like in the Scarlet Spider title, they did Minimum Carnage with uh, Venom, uh, Agent Venom and Kane and Scarlet Spider. And straight up, they <laughs> they bring back the 50-foot tall carnage symbiote. I, I should say that he's that tall because he's been absorbing Venom symbiotes, but I literally, earlier today, turned, turned to the page and I said, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> That's the appropriate reaction. That's one of my favorite Spider-Man <laughs> enemies I've ever read in my life. <laughs> the Attack of the 54 Core Carnage. I stopped along the way for a few snacks. Man, them symbiotes are sure tasty. <laughs> To be concluded in the web of web of Spider Man Super Special. Hey, wait a minute! If if Carnage is giant and he started talking, wouldn't the reverberation of his voice kill off all the rest of the symbiotes? That's a true story. There's there's a a, a perfectly logical question for that that they didn't answer the book. Yeah. So, uh, by, by the way, uh, Don, the the Stargate was destroyed by the symbiotes themselves because they didn't need it anymore. No. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. All right, so... Planet of the Symbiotes, part five of five. Web of Spider-Man super special number one. Sorry, I love the cover because it looks like they're being attacked by Elmo. (laughs) 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 
That's a really squishy carnage. I mean, his face is like particularly interesting. He looks like 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 a Muppet. I'm a lobster. Carnage loves loves animal. All right. Anyway, so that's not a bad impression. You do a terrifyingly good impression of Elmo. Actually, I'm scared. Well, I can make so many jokes right now about Elmo, but I'm not going to. Yeah. To be fair, I have nothing to fear from Elmo because I'm above the age of 18. <laughs> oh, that's not nice. He's, I, believe, <laughs> I believe the charges were thrown out. That is that is a low blow. <laughs> God, all right, anyway. All right, so moral vic- <laughs> mortal victory. What did the symbiote's conclusion with Elmo Carnage? Um, <laughs> yeah, he is. Look at him. <laughs> I could never see that cover the same way again. All right, we have Scarlet Spider and Spider Man fighting, fighting the claw of Elmo Carnage, and uh, <laughs> Elmo Carnage um, is trying to suck the skull through the nose, the brains. <laughs> anyway, a fight ensues. We then cut to Mary Jane and Venom. <laughs> okay, uh, well. All right, so so they apparently launched the propane tanks. Carnage scurries away for some reason, and uh, then they go. Then we go to the apartment of Peter Parker and Mary Jane. Venom shows up. Mary Jane's got a knife. She is ready to like stab a. She's ready to stab it straight up. Like this is for Amazing Spider-Man three hundred. Oh, this, this, this is the, the third time he showed up at, at his at their house, right? Yeah, I know, I know. It's, but Michelini wrote three hundred, so. And not to be confused with, this is Venom! Alright, anyway. So, um... <laughs> yeah, well, Peter is such an asshole. If he, if he Venom, and, and Ben Riley are going to show up at their apartment, why would he send Venom in first? Because yeah. he said, wait outside, and we'll that, play that, with that later. That is a dick move. So, <laughs> it's like, alright, Venom, you just go walk on in. Nothing bad can happen. So, um, anyway... So, like, Peter stops Mary Jane from stabbing, you know, a bitch. And then we get a cutscene of Peter Parker, like, with the smallest towel I've ever seen, just enough to cover his ass. He's like, he looks like a he looks like a flasher, right? He's like, hey, Mary Jane. So, uh, <laughs> the, way, the, way, the way I read this was he was literally just buffing his ass. <laughs> like, swinging the towel side. <laughs> was he doing the helicopter? Uh, anyway, oh... <laughs> At least call me this move. And then, <laughs> yeah, have you done that one before, Zach? Maybe. Um, there's a Rodney Carrington joke I could totally oh, make right now. My mind. Um. Anyway, <laughs> then you got you got you got Ben and Venom like chilling on the sofa like best so, panel ever. He's like, Come on. You got Venom with a beard in his head, and, and Ben. Well, it looks like they're watching a football game saying. You know, the offense probably should have ran a sweet sort of a draw. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, they, don't, they don't know what they're saying because they have no dialogue yeah, like, here. So we, Venom, is, Venom looks like he's explaining something very thoroughly. <laughs> he's like, so, so the offense is supposed to do a shift. I, I'm just assuming <laughs> it's football because it's October is when this actually issue comes out. watch science. It's, it's going to be like Ben's turn to change the channel. <laughs> they're watching Bill Nye the Science Guy. <laughs> ben looks like he's eating ice cream or something, too. Yeah. Yeah, it really is the greatest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> this is the greatest like buddy cop scene that never happened. <laughs> yeah, so you know, Mary Jane's like, um, you know, giving him the 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 tenth degree, and she he then kisses her finger, and says, "You're right, honey," because <laughs> the solution to a good marriage is to always say is 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 these simple words. Yes, dear. Whatever you say, dear. 
<laughs> and I don't want to... You, you know, we, we really undersold what an amazing page this is, because Peter buffing his ass, <laughs> Ben and Eddie sitting on the couch, and Mary Jane telling Peter to suck her finger are all on the same page. Yeah, yeah that's a true story. And then... <laughs> He is really flashing her, isn't he? She, she has no choice but to look at his dick. <laughs> the funny thing is that she's not. She's looking at his face. <laughs> she's seen it. Like, what do you think? And she's, she's got the Hootie and the Blowfish T-shirt on. That, 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 oh, that, that hidden message, friend. <laughs> Maybe that's why Ben and, and Eddie are watching TV. They're taking so long in there that they had to kill time. <laughs> she would blow my fish. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Exactly. So then we have, like, Venom doing his best crying man scene. This is uh, an awesome sequence. <laughs> it's like, it's like... This is the crow. <laughs> <laughs> it's Sting from circa 1995. He, he, he vomits his tongue. <laughs> it's like, yeah. <laughs> it's Blah. It's like first things first. You have to have the tongue. Blah, blah. They're at a candlelight dinner. Like they're, they're eating dinner. It's like a candlelight. And and Eddie Brock's like it's like in a suit and tie. Yeah. <laughs> or some shit. Wait a minute. The power is out, right? How the hell were they watching TV just a second ago? Um. Well, you see. <laughs> <laughs> so like, like, and, Mar- and then you got this Mary Jane, you know, with her mouth wide open, but like ah. I'm about, to, I'm about to sexually eat this apple. Ah. It was like me first. <laughs> and was like, no, nom nom. I can't eat bread, so I'm going to eat the apple. And Peter just sat, sat there and watched. He's like, he's like, he's like what the f***, dude? This is my wife. Don't talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> and like, he straight up says, hey, this guy's nuts. Like, the, the most appropriate thing right now that I can honestly say is... That's a damn true trait. True statement. Because Venom does. What the hell was that? <laughs> uh, I'll show you in a second. So, um, so anyway, we we. Um, Jack has lost his mind. Mary Jane eating apple action figure. No, this is a uh, this is a Venom action figure from circa 1995. Oh. Okay. That sounds like like his wife Venom. <laughs> I know, right? That's an effeminate sounding Venom. If that's, if that's from 1995 that still works and props to that battery uh, I just replaced the batteries actually okay but uh, on my Spider-Man I've only replaced the spider I've only replaced the battery once because there's a they've got they're like um, probably two foot they're about they're about a foot tall both of them are yikes going berserk wait a minute you mean you have a 12 inch Venom I have a 12 inch Spider-Man but not a 12 inch Scrawled Spider not the one that was oh. on the previous page yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm presuming. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> how, how, how else would you be pulling all these babes? This is a true story. Anyway, so um, uh, we didn't cut to church. We didn't cut to church. <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh, we're, we're all going to hell. <laughs> so Venom's like, please leave us. I'm going to. I'm going to confess all my sins. Yada yada. <laughs> Be outside if you need us. <laughs> we, I'm not gonna need you. <laughs> I don't need you around here. And then all of a sudden, the 50 foot tall carnage shows back up, and he's like, "Hi, guys, it's Turtle Chicken." 
<laughs> because awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, he's like, gotta keep him away from Eddie. So Scarlet Spider, like, <laughs> and Ben's like, but how? He's bigger than the church. Well, no, Sherlock. I came back to New York for this. <laughs> It'd be like Stephen, and now I can hear just Stephen Amell saying, for five long years, I was in hell. <laughs> and I became the Scarlet Arrow. See, see the problem. Now, the problem with that reference for me is that the, I haven't seen Arrow, but I've played Lego Batman Three with the Arrow level in it. Oh yeah. So now I'm just imagining him doing comical things like slapping balls of water and stuff. Oh sweet. Nice. Because Amel did the voice for that also. Yeah. Which is just awesome. So, <laughs> so you got fifty foot tall Carnage. She's attacking the city, setting it. You know, it's on fire. And then in the church, um... <laughs> I'm like, look at him, look at him, Brock! Brock, Brock and the symbiote are like, oh, yes. They're, they're in throes of fashion. Yeah. There's, there's a panel where both of them have their heads thrown back and they're yelling. <laughs> <laughs> That's the money shot, literally and figuratively. Oh, man, don't do that in your ammo like voice. It's well a psychic... <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, anyway, uh, that's the only thing you're going to see on that one. Uh, a swell of psychic suffering that centers, enters alien nerves, pulling like a magnet. <laughs> Strong like a magnet. So, so, um, <laughs> anyway, we didn't have... We didn't have the story you know, is so f***ing. <laughs> really like, really like, he's, uh, like, Peter's, like, gets thrown back, like, knocked back, uh, via, um, Salbusima knockback style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Peter lands and then he, see, then he sees rock, and rocks and oil tanker and, and he's like, I can smell fumes and Ben's like, ha, watch this, boys. So then they sit there and they then they freaking throw the tanker truck into Carnage and, um... They both die. Yeah. Everybody's like, <laughs> did, did I tell Mary Jane I love her? Whoops. Ben's like, Peter, I'm, I'm sorry. That's how Mary Jane will love her too. <laughs> <laughs> and then Ben gets pulled from the from the from the gasoline and and uh, he's a piece of paper stuck in his, his leg. Yeah, and then we have the really probably the most screwed up panel in the entire issue. It's like the symbiosis of Eddie Brock and Venom. Maybe. Yeah, was this in the comics code? That, that, that's pretty intense. Yeah, that is pretty. Yeah, Venom has pieces of, or Eddie Brock has pieces of of his flesh missing, and you can see down to like the bone. Yeah, it's crazy. Like and, then, and then you have like an eye that's like halfway between the symbiote. And the it's, it's, it's actually it's pretty cool, but it's like wow. Yeah, it's like yeah, that is, that is gruesome for this era. Yeah, and so we then uh, Venom and um, then. Peter walks in, he's like, you killed them! You said they all fall into comas, but you lied. Because because you're believing Eddie Brock, a.k.a. Venom. You said they just go to jail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think is going to happen? <laughs> yeah, and, and then, like, Venom's like, precisely, the other, other knew the only way his time could truly die is by choice. God just... Discorporation. I've never seen that word before. Yeah. The sole alternative to the annihilation of humankind, which, which is to make life so unbearable for the invaders that they chose mass suicide. Ah! It was the only <laughs> way for genocide. And then he goes, don't believe us. Ask Cletus Cassidy right behind you. See? Right behind <laughs> you. What? He's here? Where? And then, you know, um, 
Venom that breaks Venom breaks through the stained glass window. He's like, Venom suckered us to get away with his camouflage booty. I bet we never find him. I have to remake the look. <laughs> <laughs> the door. <laughs> hey, look over there. What? We fell for the oldest trick in the book because we're geniuses. <laughs> you, know what's, you know what's really, really sad? I've pulled that on people and it works. Yeah, I know. And then you get the uh, Channel 7 News, you know, telling you talking about a related story that Cletus Casdy is once again in custody. And, uh, and then, like, um, yeah, he is blonde for some reason. Uh, and then Ben's like, humanity is resilient. Or Peter's like, humanity is resilient. They're already getting back to normal. But I can't believe a whole race had to die. And, <laughs> and, then, and then Ben's, like, just sitting there, you know, in his boxers with Mary Jane. Like, Jesus, they were monsters. Ben's right. They're, that's only not only saved our world, but destroyed the next. Sometimes the ends do justify the means. They have Mary Jane say that. <laughs> yeah, it's like, and then, and then Peter's like, "You make so much sense since it frightens me." And she's like, "Boo, tiger!" Like, excuse me, Ben. You, you can sit here on the couch while we're gonna go. We're gonna go make out. Your morally repugnant point of view really turns me on. <laughs> like, oh, what the hell? And then the, the final page is, "We are." Content. And Venom. Uh, we reconciled the ambulance and we accepted what we are. Venom. Saving the entire world brought us all in one and for that reason we are and forever shall remain Venom. Do, do, do. The end. That is the end of Planet of the Symbiotes. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> yes. Planet of the Symbiotes. It's brought to you by Dave Michelini and the various artists. So, <sighs> not, not, a, not an insi- not an insignificant amount of drugs. Yep. <laughs> so, all right, I'm going to start with Donovan. What are your thoughts about this crazy town banana pants? Okay, I don't dare do that again, Zach. What? Crazy town banana pants. Get the <laughs> out of here. Okay, I know I'm going to get agreement, but I actually really like this story. <laughs> What? <laughs> is it good? Yeah. <laughs> it's not good. It's stupid. It's so much fun. <laughs> it is so much fun. It's like over the top 90s, bro. Which is why I like it. I I got into Spider-Man during the 90s. Is this, honestly, I, 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 first of all, let me, a little background. I honestly did not know that this story was a thing until like, it must have been like around the time I first had this crawlspace, I guess, because I really never heard the story for a long time. And then I saw like I saw somewhere the panel of like Ben and uh, 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 Eddie Brock watching TV. I'm like, what the hell? When did this ever happen? And I think eventually I learned about the story. So I've always wanted to read this story. When I got this, because uh, I'm reading out of this um, uh, Clone Saga Volume Three trade. Excuse me. So when I first got this trade and started reading it, I like fell asleep like in issue two. So I never got back to it. I remember kind of being like weird and boring. I wasn't really paying attention. When I read it for this podcast, I just had so much fun. It just got nuttier and nuttier. First of all, the first issue starts off like a straight-up episode of the 90s show. Because they're literally fighting, firing lasers at Spider-Man. Not guns, lasers. Like, wow. I love how inconsistent Eddie Brock's artwork is. In the first chapter, his hair is, like, just ridiculously long. 
Like, yep. Like, it's, it's like senselessly longer than I've ever seen before. Especially this one panel where like his neck curls weirdly. It doesn't make any sense. And he's talking. He's talking so. Imp- he's talking like freaking the Legend of Hercules, where he's like, you know, you must leave us. I am Edward Allen Brock, and by heaven, I am the master. By when does Eddie Brock ever talk like that? <laughs> <laughs> you would think David Michelinie would know better, but apparently not. What are you gonna do? Um, quick question about the thing. Is this, is this like after the thing had that accent with Wolverine? Because there's clearly a scar on his Yes. That's what I'm asking. Yes, that, that's, that's a part of what I was trying to bring up before. He doesn't, his face doesn't get fixed until after Reed comes back, if I'm, if I remember right. But Reed's dead. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, I, mean, I actually didn't notice that, but in like one of the last panels, I was like, wait a minute, what's up with his face? And I, thought, I think it's actually pretty... I, I see what they're going for. That's, I think it's pretty actually well rendered. Um, what's wrong with their face? In chapter two, it, the artwork is very like Michelini esque. They're clearly going for Michelini uh, vibe. And what? what? Michelini's never drawn anything. I'm sorry, not Michelini. Uh, McFarland. Tom McFarland. Oh, okay, got it. Yeah, like with the big, like, some of the poses, like they're straight up from uh, some McFarland issues. And uh, I kind of like it. the artwork throughout is never really great. Sometimes it's, it's perfectly decent, but other times it's, it's kind of bad. Like in chapter three, um, I like the fact that like. In, in this kind of mini stories, Ben Riley just kind of just shows up out of nowhere, unprovoked, and just hey, I, I just want to help you see what's going on. Like this is not a close like a story. This this is a uh, Venom story that happens to have Ben Riley in it. Um, you know, uh, it, it, it's nonsense for the first most of the story. I think I really start having fun when Carnage gets into it, though. I mean, I'm not kidding. Like, like giant fifty foot Carnage that cracked my shit up. <laughs> that is exactly what I need to see at that point in time. <laughs> and like. That, and um, the uh, I can't see, I can't see you, Zach. But I, I'm assuming you're doing the same thing I'm doing, which is slowly shaking your head with your <laughs> mouth open. Uh, the uh, last chapter, I actually kind of like the art. I feel that I've seen this artist before. Like, didn't he do like one of those uh, annual twenty one or something? Not annual twenty one. Do what I'm saying. Like, there was a ninety eight annual that, that was part like flashback and part like uh, later flashback, I guess. Right? And I actually kind of like his art because. His Peter looks a lot like, or his Spider-Man looks a lot like a Steve Ditko drawing, which I think is actually pretty cool. Um, yeah, he did do so. He did. He's done some other Spider-Man work. But um, I don't know. Like, like there's, a, there's some some the fifth the fifth chapter in particular had some interesting bits. Like, yeah, when Eddie Brock starts starts weeping the symbiote, and then he vomits out his tongue complete with green slime and just pours and hemorrhages outside of his body outside of his face. I, that's a really messed up. That's a cool image, I think. It's, it's a bit over the top. And it's just kind of endemic of this ridiculous story. This story is... You cannot take this story seriously. It has no, it has no business being in continuity. There's no reason to, to read this story. you got to read this story. This story is ridiculous. And I really enjoyed just how stupid it was. Um, especially at the end, we're like... We're like for some reason... You know, I do like my heroes to have a code of not killing, but I, I, I kind of question Peter's, like, you know, how dare you kill an entire race that was going to kill us in the way that we could not have stopped them? To the point where they're still talking about it at home. And Ben's like, but there are monsters. And Mary says, he's right. Not only do the death save, save our world, but the world's, other worlds will be destroyed next. Sometimes the end do justify the means. And, like, Peter has, like, no other thing to say. But, okay, he's right. Like, he would have thought about that on his own, but, like, that's just kind of endemic of how ridiculous the story is. So I... I, I enjoyed this for all the wrong reasons, but I had a lot of fun with this. And I can't honestly say, well, this doesn't make sense, so I hated it. Like, like no, I, I thought that was just really, really funny. <sighs> Gerard, all right, you got it. You got another <laughs> point now. 
Yeah, point. Oh, hold, on, hold on a second now. What are you going to give it, like, as a grade? Uh, well, on an... Uh, okay, I'll do, I'll do this. On an entertainment value, I'll get, it gets an A. For an intelligent quality value, it gets a D. So I'll, 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 I'll give it a C, but I enjoyed it a lot more than, than a C. <laughs> he slightly rescued himself. Yeah, he, he may appear in the future installment of Clothes Like, like, uh, like, there's a part of me that wants to be like, yell at him and say, "Go home, you're drunk." Well, I, 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 I've hated things that deserve hating, like, like that, uh, that uh, ridiculous jackal animal issue. Like, that was redonk, but like, <laughs> I, you, you, like you, have, you have Venom and Scarlet Spider. My inner child can't not be pleased. So there you go. Yeah. Okay, but we're about. To, I'm about to. I'm about to lay down the smackdown on this whole on this whole f-ing story. <laughs> oh Jesus! All right. Well, I, I guess I'm a better Spider-Man fan than the two of you. Oh. <laughs> you can go. You can go f- yourself on that one. All right. I'm gonna let man, you Jack, you're, you're giving yourself a lot of work tonight. I know. Or, I when you edit this I one. I know. Gerard. All right. Um, my notes. My notes started off coherent and then just got less and less sensical as time went on. So uh, this is going to be hard to do. But um, okay. In the first issue, they introduced the uh, was it the Klystron wave modulator? Yeah, I think so. Which 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 I actually read wrong, and I thought it was something very dirty, and I was like, whoa! I had to read it again to make sure. But yeah. Um, it's weird because a it makes no sense logically because basically the idea is it's supposed to it compresses energy waves so that it creates its like it amplifies energy that's that's not no no that that hurts me inside it's like someone who studied physics but think of the possibilities the, the entire universe is based on the idea that the, that of the law of conservation of energy. So the idea that something can just produce energy is completely ludicrous. It does not work like that. But anyway, uh, and by the way, when Spider-Man shows up, he doesn't know what it is, and the thieves conveniently tell him. I love that in comics where <laughs> Spider-Man's like, "What's this thing?" And they're like, "This is the Klystron wave modulator," which is like, which is like, and and the guy legitimately just. It spends like an entire panel exposition of what it is. Um, as soon as that scientist showed up for like his virtual reality stuff, I was just like, oh I no. I completely glossed yeah. over the virtual reality bullshit. No, no, thankfully it was only in the first part. I don't think they ever brought it up no. again. Yeah, when, um, when I didn't read it, I was like, oh no. Yeah, exactly. This is my actual note. It's, I put virtual reality. Fuck! <laughs> We're doomed. <laughs> like, thankfully, that was the end of that. Um, I gotta disagree with Don on t- well a lot of things, but specifically, <laughs> the, specifically the artwork. I didn't think it was that bad, except for a couple of the chapters. I I remember this looking like, but it actually doesn't. They have a, a couple of pretty good artists working on this, and especially like I like the last part, especially because well, it, was, it was either it was either bad or decent. I didn't think it was it was bad from issue to issue. So I kind I kind of see what you're saying. The only ones that were really bad were Joe St. Pierre and uh, some of that Kyle Hot stuff, but the other stuff was actually pretty good. Um, uh, but the story got really emo, and like, so so they they established that the symbiote can scream like across dimensions or something and make everyone feel bad. <laughs> I'm still confused what happened. Okay, so the symbiote like screamed, and it traveled through the cosmos to wherever that planet was. That was far enough away they couldn't travel by like ship. They had to travel through a stargate. Well, it it uh it started cry- it started like, like crying because it broke up with Eddie Brock, 
and everyone, I, everyone yeah, the okay, but if it does a supersonic scream, shouldn't it like that like kill itself? Shouldn't that be like Harry Carey be like ah? Um. Well, it's so hard. I don't know. Are you bringing logic into this story? We are attempting to, ladies Mark and gentlemen. Shepard, what are you doing here, ladies and gentlemen? Fresh from a exciting episode of Spectacular Radio, Greg Mushinsky. Hello, boys. Hi, Greg. <laughs> All right, Gerard, back to your point, and then we'll get <laughs> then we'll get Greg's thoughts. <laughs> Wait, Greg, Greg the, the part the part that no, we're we're just reviewing everything. But the, we're reviewing uh, Planet of the Symbiotes, Greg. Oh, sweet mother of Moses! I know. Is it, is, is it so good? It's so good. You missed. You missed the fifth part with. Uh, carnage. Giant tickle me carnage. Without context, that just makes no sense. Actually, kind of doesn't make sense with context. It's a true story. Yeah. I've got my copy of Clone Saga Epic Volume Three open right now, and oh my <laughs> does, God. Does, does the cover of Part Five not look like Elmo? It looks exactly like Elmo. I'm glad you guys agree. I wasn't kidding. <laughs> Actually, the black on the face looks kind of like Gitmo, that uh, Elmo-ish character that appeared in The Daily Show who was imprisoned in Guantanamo Bay. Oh, God. Oh, Gitmo. <laughs> oh, dear. Hot tickles. It's a very political episode. <laughs> Planet of the Symbiotes. Oh, my God. I mean, okay, I was driving home listening to the news, and I had to listen to Donald Trump's voice, and I kept wondering what could be worse than I come home to Planet of the Symbiotes. <laughs> you could leave. You could leave if you, if you can't take, if your heart can't take it. No, no, I'm here. I'm here. All right. So. The story is also running for president. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best candidate available. Oh, but Oh, Our president will be a gigantic leading scarcity running across the world. <laughs> <laughs> you, well, you, you know what? That's a nuclear deterrent in and of itself, man. It's like if some country wants to like start where like we'll send our giant president after you. <laughs> <laughs> Deal with that. Yeah, Make my president kind of... grow. <laughs> Do you know what you're dealing with? <laughs> <laughs> you have your Secretary of Defense be like, so uh, if if you, if you don't stop effing things up. We're going he, to send he, our fifty. He sleeps like on top of the roof of the White House. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're going to send our fifty-foot tall president, who happens to be a homicidal maniac. Yeah, but yeah. By the way, he was serving a life sentence for for multiple serial killings. Who we democratically not elected? <laughs> yeah, I know. I, what? Because that, keep, my friends, is hope and change. Hey, I keep, <laughs> hey, I keep oh, saying, no. I keep saying this. Mister Trump is making dark rain less far fetched by the day. He does have an Iron Man suit. Hop <laughs> <pop> into, <laughs> and it's a fabulous Iron Man suit. It's completely gold. <laughs> it's got Trump on the front, but it does have like, like gold <laughs> Iron Man like a helmet on. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's it, the the actual helmet has a hairpiece. Also, has any other candidate been fired by Vince McMahon on an episode of Raw? I don't sure. think so. Fire. I gotta find that clip for you. Just Donald Trump. Yeah. Fine. Anyway, um, <clears throat> back to a uh, Spider-Man Super Special. This is, this is very, it's very important that you don't break my train of thought on this uh, well-designed masterpiece. Uh, <laughs> you know, I was actually the story was actually okay at, at the start. Like it was, it wasn't good or anything like that. But then when the goofy alien started happening, that's where it just, I just started to lose my mind. 
<laughs> because where they have like the emo screaming into the into the uh and, oh my god, okay, can we talk about the, the change to the backstory? This whole retcon that Venom yeah. comes from, like, a race of aliens that are all just murderers, and the Venom is the symbiote is slightly less murderous than the rest of them? Well, that, that actually, I mean, until that last sentence, like, that actually did it not make sense to me. Like, what is the retcon? The retcon A is that there's any other ones, for starters, that I don't think has been previously established. Well, it's an alien also, that had to come oh, from somewhere. But also, they're trying to make it seem less bad in comparison, which sort of ties into the whole Venom is is like a hero bullshit that they were doing at this time period. Okay, I'll give you that. <laughs> right. by, by, by basically saying, well, he was the good one, that's why he got locked away, which doesn't jive at all with anything else we've seen. Yeah, like, I mean, like, he's only tried to kill a few people. I, I just I always remember whenever Venom's like I can't kill him he's an innocent I always like flashback mentally to like him escaping from the from like yes. prison yeah, where he's like suffocating that guy and like snapping next and I'm like in yep. that issue I, I, that's, that's the second appearance it, uh, yeah that's that's Venom returns yeah Venom returns like even then he's like I don't want to kill this guy. He's an innocent, but uh, the ends justify the means. So I'm gonna, ki- I'm gonna snap this. Yeah, his, his morality is twisted. Where like he's he's legitimately insane. So if he kills people, he like he does like show some sort of twisted remorse over it. It, it. it doesn't make any sense, which is why he's crazy. But that's an interesting point. Where like they're trying to retroactively have this symbiote because I guess like if you go by like the original in the comics, he, it didn't make Peter Parker evil, but he got an Eddie Brock and turned into a supervillain. But no, now, that drives me nuts. That that's in every subsequent. Media interpretation, by the way, the symbiote makes you evil. As of, as, as of recently as Dark Superior Spider-Man, which is actually pretty funny. Oh. <laughs> wait, 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 wait! Slow down. That's a thing. Well, I mean, I, I remember like, like when I was reading um, uh, uh, Superior there, Spider-Man, like, like 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 the symbiote got on, on Doc Ock and, as Peter's body, and he became like like bad guy Peter Parker again. Oh, it, 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 I say it, again. Well, he became he, he became, and you yeah, forget that he had he had actually an extra four arms. Because that's not completely on the nose. It's like, and oh, yeah. by the, oh by the way, they made an action figure of it. I want to kill everyone in this room right now. I didn't write it. <laughs> you're, you're not in the room with me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you were in a virtual room, Delator. Come on. I am wearing a symbiote, so. <laughs> like I'm is that why you're black? Is that why you're black? <laughs> I just got that. Oh wow! <laughs> My gigantic mouth. Well, I'm wearing black oh. now. I just got back from work. <laughs> okay. Are, are, anyway, are you, I gotta are keep you going. cosplaying as Crowley again? <laughs> well, what is he not cosplaying as Crowley? That's a story. <laughs> he usually is when I see him. Actual uh, black suit, black shirt, black tie right now. So yeah, kind of. But that was my fashion sense before I even knew who this character was. In my defense, <laughs> the red rose to his, in his lapel. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have that. <laughs> All right, back back to Delator. Anyway, this is the part where my notes stop making sense. So, um, at one, <laughs> oh, okay, I got it. I wrote down Cletus Hawking, and I was like, "What the hell does that mean?" I forgot when he's hooked up to the machine, and the machine is like reading out text for him. Oh, oh yeah, I was imagining that he had like the Stephen Hawking he voice. Yeah, the Stephen Hawking voice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Play I'm trying to imagine. So then I started imagining Carnage's 90s show dialogue with the Stephen Hawking voice. Oh, and just, no. Man. <laughs> Hello. Man. 
<laughs> yeah, this is the reason why I was taking so Where is the fun in that? Where is the fun in the <laughs> I'll agree with Don on one thing. The giant card is just hilarious. <laughs> of course it is! <laughs> and I must say, much better executed here than a minimum cartridge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, also, the purpose of the title, obviously. I'll admit, I remember really hating the 50-foot carnage back when I read this thing back in the 90s. I expected to be angry about it again this time. But I was just laughing when I reread this the other day. <laughs> I was beside myself. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean when you read it the other day, Greg? You just walked in here and unexpectedly we were covering Planet of the Symbiote. You can't even keep your own fake story straight. Your continuity is ruined! <laughs> your like, story makes less sense than this story. You How does that happen? Continuity just like oh, hi. Didn't up. see you there. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got this page open now, and uh, how many times have has the Venom symbiote and Eddie Brock supposedly bonded permanently, unable to be unbonded, only to unbond later? <laughs> wasn't that like Every time it unbonds from him, basically. <laughs> wasn't that in the first story where, like, or like oh, yeah, Gadzooks, it doesn't get off his body, they're bonded or something like that? Or was that Carnage? I don't remember. That was, uh, that was Venom Returns. Remember Peter's like, Peter stripped down naked, he's like, hey, come back to me. Kind of like how Peter, <laughs> hey, like how Peter was. Because I'm looking at this page here, and they're totally merging him. His eyes are falling out, his skin is coming off, and they're just... Yeah, and that passed, and that passed the comics code. <laughs> the guys behind the comics code are smoking some doobies back then. They got a lot of stuff, boy. <laughs> oh, they've never done that. Have you, Steve Englehart? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, once they realized that Harry taking ecstasy was an acceptable thing, the comics code is never quite the same. That was all awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it was quick, yeah. quick confusing your drugs, Crowley. <laughs> although, although I guess if they retold the story today, it would be ecstasy because it'd be you know, you gotta, it, would, it would be like like like, like a eighty it'd be meth. It'd be no, meth. It'd, be, it'd be meth, and there'd be Breaking Bad references all over the story. Like there wasn't Scar Spider. <laughs> Thank goodness they brought Harry Osborn back from the dead to do nothing with him. Oh yeah, yeah, he he was looking like uh, Walter White for a little bit. Oh, and he's actually now the secretary. Or, or he is the um, he runs the New York office of Parker Industries. Okay. Oh, I love how, and I think this is the first time it occurs to me. I'm looking, I'm flipping through this, and the artists can't decide what Carnage's teeth look like anymore at this point. Usually they're just like these black shards. Now they're occasionally white, like venom. In, in, in fairness, I think Carnage is actually a very difficult character to draw. If it's not marked back. Yes. Yes. Mm, specifically because specifically because the the black parts of him don't follow any set pattern. Yeah, other than other than his head. You have to imagine it's it's either like Rorschach's mask or like it's just like however he assembles himself. Yeah. Whenever I've tried to draw a carnage in the past, I always try to make it follow some sort of musculature so I have some kind of idea and it always looks like crap. There's there's there real it's legitimately just coin flip whether you can do it correctly or not. I'm imagining you sitting there trying to draw carnage and just getting pissed off and cursing. <laughs> As opposed to everything else he draws. Yeah, exactly. That's what happens nowadays. I just sit down like Okay, I guess with carnage. I'd much rather draw Mary Jane, she's way easier. <laughs> she's got boobs. And I usually draw her naked or almost naked anyway, don't you? <laughs> Well, I don't know what you're talking about, Greg. <laughs> I disavow any knowledge. He draws wholesome family entertainment for children. Yeah, exactly. Just hire me, Disney. 
Just so, that, but, just, but anyway, let me let me just wrap this up because I'm all over the place. Um, but yeah, like, a total cluster f of an ending for this story, as you would expect. But uh, oh, man, it's so hard because like like uh, I'm kind of agreeing with Don here that the ending is so, like the last couple of issues are just so ridiculous that they become funny. It's like the, it's like the difference between like watching that that crappy movie Things and watching The Room, where The Room is just so bad it's funny, but Things is just so bad it's bad. This is so bad it's funny, but only at the end. The the, the middle parts are just awful. Yeah, like the the last. But 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 the thing is, I can't in good conscience also call this a good story. <laughs> and I actually, I was writing down letter grades as I went, and I have C minus F F D D. So like I don't know I'm I'm gonna kind of tentatively say overall the story is like a D, but that almost seems too harsh if that makes any sense. But I'm gonna stick with it because the story is it is bad, just like objectively bad. <laughs> but it's so- but, at the, but but at the same time it's one of the it's it's bad, but I still would recommend people to read it. It hurts so good. Yeah, yeah that's the only way I can describe it. That's the only way I can describe it. It's bad, but it's it's good bad. You got John I mean, Cougar Mellencamp playing in the background as you're reading this. I mean, it, the, 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 this chapter starts off with a, with fifty foot Elmo carnage, and it ends with like like venom and symbiote coitus. <laughs> I was like, this is too much for my brain to, to handle. There's even that one panel where the symbiote throws its head back with its mouth open. I swear it looks like the head of a penis. <laughs> Damn well, it. Venom's head in that last chapter is he looks like a battle too. It is really weird. Because <laughs> he closes his mouth a lot, which you never see with Venom anymore. He looks stupid when he does it. And Venom usually looks kind of dumb. He looks but... like old man Venom. I just, yeah, yeah, he really does close his mouth. I actually never noticed that. But like, yeah, he honestly, like I said, looks kind of like a penis too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'm going to move suggestive. I mean, I know we were making fun of things like Peter buffing his ass and like... You know, the actually happened to the issue. <laughs> These are all, like, th- th- it's almost no other way to interpret some of this stuff, and that just adds to the to the hilarity. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> when I okay, I'll say this. I recommend reading the last two issues. Actually, you know, what? I take that back. I recommend le- reading the last page of uh, was it Spectacular Super Special, and then reading the web Super Special T-shirt. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. We we oh we jumped on that one. And I missed it. You know what's sad is that these references don't make sense to... How old do you think that that reference goes before... Like, at what age, going downward on the scale, do people start not getting it? Oh my god, I'm looking at this again. Venom and Scarlet Spider on the couch drinking beers, watching TV. This is just... Okay, considering this is the 90s and uh, this is supposed to be Peter Tarchin, I mean, the time... Imagine Norman Osborn there instead of Eddie Brock. Well, how long has Venom been a good guy by this point? Like at least okay, a year, but, 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 but here's the thing. All right, this is where this is where I'm going to start. Like, if I don't talk, I'm going to fucking explode. <laughs> Another bleep for me later. Um. Anyway, <laughs> sure, sure it is. Uh, uh, Greg, Greg, what are the seven dirty words that you can't say? On <laughs> hey, 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 quit! <laughs> I know you know them by heart. Indeed, I do. All right, Oscar so, Zach, though. All right, so we got Planet of the Symbiotes now. Here's the thing about this story for me. You have you have a a you have a miniseries that didn't need to exist. Like why does this exist? No. <laughs> uh uh Zach, this existed because it was nineteen ninety five and it has venom in it. That's a true story. For so, crack money? 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's legitimately the only reason. It's for money. Um, so you've got you've got Venom, you've got Scarlet Spider, you've got Peter. Now, Venom and Peter are kind of in this uneasy truce period of time where they kind of, <sighs> you know, they're supposed to be, you know, all buddy-buddy. But, but Ben whipped Venom's ass. Like, like straight up beat his ass. <sighs> See, but... It, how much it, that? How much of that is down to the fact that Michelini wrote this and probably didn't read any of the intervening stories? That's, that's, that's absolutely true. But remember, Glenn Greenberg, as we talked about in the very beginning of this episode, and Tom Brevoort were the ones handling this particular uh, uh, editing duties, and nobody seemed to tell him, "Hey, uh, you might want to reference uh, Ben and Venom kind of fighting." What Ben and Venom fought? Yeah. Oh, that's right. I don't think they even reference that. They don't do they? reference it at all. Well, at one point, says, I've done, I've, I've beaten the simulant before. I can do it again. Some point, he just says, "I think uh, I, uh, something like that." But he never bring, it's never brought up in context. It's just brought up like as a thought bubble. Yeah. Hey, Eddie, remember when I punched you in the face? That was awesome. Yeah, remember when I strapped the, the impact webbing down your throat and it, it made it, you know, expand and that, that was awesome. <laughs> you, you lost the symbiote. Yeah, that was me. Yeah, eat my dick, you asshole. <laughs> <laughs> That's something Spider Man would say. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you like straight up, you have. You have Ben and, and, and Venom, and maybe that's what they were talking about. Like, like they're watching news footage of, of, of Venom and, and Scarlet Spider fighting it out. So this time, this is what you should have done. And you know, you know, I don't know. But, What's the first guy would, would put up with that? Here's my other thing. Why the like? Why the hell is Mary Jane not losing her collective shit on? Peter, like, why the like? I, I, they're eating dinner by the end of the yeah, story. She's like cooking the dude dinner. Like, like, like a good woman should. Like, Am I right, boys? This is the guy that literally, like, terrified you, you know, <laughs> ten years ago in real It was not that long in continuity. Wait, it's, wait, like a, yeah. it's like a bad fanfic. It's like, oh, my God, you know what? This is only a couple years ago in continuity, because during the trial of Peter Parker, I think they mentioned that, that uh, Craven buried him two years earlier or something yes. like that. That's a good point. And that's pre-Venom, so it's like, we're talking like two years or less. Yeah, it's like, dude, seriously. Because that's one of the things I always really liked about 300. Like, that that touch of her being horrified was really effective, and that's never been referenced since. Well, but see, the thing is, it gets referenced in the Clone Saga. We never, uh, during Mark and Kane, when when, uh, Quick Chain Spidey shows up, because... Uh, ben, the only costume. Oh, in the, in the co- oh, I remember that? Yeah, the black costume. Yeah, with well, the black costume, and he, and he straight up says, "I know you hate the black costume, but it's the only one I had left." And she's like, "I don't care, Peter. I love you." That so, so, which which gave him a uh, uh, license to do it again during Back in Black. Yeah, exactly. Didn't, didn't even ask her. <laughs> he's saying like, "Fuck it." He's got ACDC playing in the background because he's angry. Like, like you got emo, you got emo uh, Venom, like. That straight up look, but I mean that's just hilarious how it went from crying eyes to like throwing up his tongue. (laughs) That was radical. (laughs) Radical man, and like I mean the the thing about this story is is like it's so bad it's funny. I mean we talk about the uh, we're talking about Elmo Turner's and 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 (laughs) it's like I still see Gitmo when I look at that thing now. uh, It's like come on man, this is like. I wonder how much of a straight like because here's the thing, Michelini 
uh, kind of a questionable writer on Spider-Man. Can we yeah. just say that? Yeah. We can agree on... I don't know. I, I, I quite like him. I don't know what what is like indefensible about him. Besides, I guess three twenty. Well, I mean, he had he had a lot he had a lot of problems. Specifically, the way he wrote Mary Jane, I his over his over reliance on Venom, the crappy villains he invented like Cardiac and stuff. I, I think yeah. Michelinie is the big reason why so many people hated Mary Jane. Yes, I agree with that completely. But anyway, the point, the point I'm trying to make is, uh, how much of this story is, is Michelinie intentionally writing a Lark story, or do you think he was legit trying to write a, an actual straight Spider-Man Venom story? It got away from him, and he has no, he had no, uh, well, he recognition was off, what he had created. He was <laughs> off of ASM by this point, I know. And I, I do remember, like, I, I, I remember from the interview that Brad did, like, he was somewhat burned out. Like, he didn't know who the hell the parents were, and, like, He's never read Spider-Man since he left the book, but like, so I'd imagine like this is obviously not him at firing all cylinders. Obviously, obviously. Well, I mean, I, think, I know, but I, I, but, I, but that's what I'm getting at. Like, how how what, what level of professionalism is he operating at in this story? Uh, did that like ten, like ten percent. Yeah, like well, at, at the same time, this was so common in the '90s that it's hard to like to 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 pull the barometer on that because like I, this people hate this kind of shit up. I'm imagining this, the scene from the critic with Orson Welles. Michelinie is what I'm done with Spider-Man. No more. Oh, to hell with it! I need the money. I need the money. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. it's like, and you get you get you get the crazy bit with Carnage being fifty feet tall. Like it, it's so bad. It's funny. Like you, all you can do is laugh because it's the only thing to prevent you from. That's why I can't give it an F. Because come on. What was that? See, but I can't give him credit because I don't think that was intentional. <laughs> because all of his Venom stories have cluster endings like this. Yeah, it's like the difference is this one's the biggest one of the balls. I don't know. I mean, I mean, and and the other thing is, is when this takes place, Mary Jane and and Ben have not met. Oh my god. <laughs> Maggie! Um, Wait, no, Maggie didn't write this. Never mind. Michel- yeah, this was make- straight up Michelinie done, fucked up. Like, like Ben is Ben and Peter sit there straight up. Like Ben's on the couch drinking, smoking weed, smoking weed <laughs> drinking beer, eating eating a sandwich. If you wanted to use a How I Met Your Mother reference, you know, like like while Ben's buffing his. <laughs> so, uh, oh, Peter, oh, they, yeah. oh, they could have switched and she would know. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> so yeah, Peter buffing his in front of Mary Jane, be like, "Hello, ladies." Uh, you know, it's like, I mean, what this, kind of is this? This is straight up laziness. But like the con—that's why I'm saying the continuity is completely boned in this. In this. Oh my god! Yeah, it, it, there's a lot of bad continuity here. I'll give it. I that. think it's because it's not in the main titles that I just I can't bring myself to care because it's it's a miniseries. It's it's harmless. It doesn't take place in any sort of continuity. I just don't mind it. <laughs> See, here's the thing. I, I don't really blame Michelini for the continuity. He should be no better. But I'm gonna, I just assumed he wasn't reading any of the intervening stuff, and he never tried. Oh. That's where the editors on the book, <clears throat> Glenn Greenberg and Tom Brevoort, that's where you've got to fact-check this guy and be like, okay, these characters have never met. Maybe, maybe they didn't read the comics. The character beat the hell out of this character the last time he the, appeared. The, like, the thing is, is they're directly reporting to freaking uh, Bobby Linsky. But so, yeah, it's obviously nobody gave a shit about this thing, and it was just put out there to sell because Venom was hot at the time. And you know, I have to say, if this if this story was in the main books, it would be referenced, it would be remembered. This would be considered everything that was wrong with the '90s. I mean, yeah. it's 
Yeah, I mean, this story sums up the axis of it all. Venom, Carnage, a million symbiotes. As it stands, this is what Maximum Carnage is kind of blamed for. Maximum the, Carnage is awful. The thing is, though, is that like, nobody talks about Pen symbiotes. This is why I didn't know about it until like, I was like in my 20s. No one talks about the story. They go to Maximum Carnage and the Clone Saga, but like, this story is completely forgotten. Yeah. Well, it's because it was... Because it, it wasn't... I, I think Greg's on to something. It's because it wasn't one of the main books. It was just... If it, was, it got lost in the sea of of everything going on. What other on character time. or title had a super special? Yeah, if if this was in the main books, this would, people would talk about this the way they talk about Maximum Carnage. Well, and and you also got to think about this. This was the sixth or seventh book released during the months that it was that it came out mm-hmm. because you had four Spider-Man books, you had Unlimited, you had Team Up, Team Up. They had well, a, Team Up actually. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll take that back. Team Up didn't debut until a few, no. a few months later. No, but I think I think Ben Riley started appearing in New Warriors around this time. Was the Arachnus Project already done yet? <laughs> yeah, let's not let's not for discount. Let's not discount the various Venom miniseries that was a string of miniseries. It wasn't an ongoing title. Oh yeah, they reference separation anxiety in this. Yeah, story. and so yeah, you have all that. So you had upwards of you know. Anywhere from six to eight Spider-Man books on the stand at the same time. And in fairness, well, though, yeah. were, were they not selling? They were selling. Yeah, Spider-Man, Spider-Man was the only thing that was selling during this. Yeah, era. Uh, of the of the five um, of the five groups, Spider-Man was one of the only ones that did sell. I'm sure. The I, I mean, I've referenced so because it was the '90s. <laughs> I've referenced Fantastic Four a few times in this episode. While while this is all happening, Fantastic Four is going through an absolute like churning, just just motherload of of nonsense going on. Because this is the same era where they kill off Reed and Doom. Uh, Franklin is an adult. Boob window. Uh, yeah, boob window because she's half malice again. <laughs> uh, uh, Wolverine like cut off things face basically. Like he's wearing a he's wearing a helmet for part of this time period. Like and they're buddies now. Sometimes. Oh yeah, Elijah was still was back around again. Yeah. Oh my god. So, oh good lord, this era was a mess. Like in, in a lot of comics. So I, I'm gonna give this a D minus. Um, I like the Derek Robinson art. Which uh, one was he? He was a part four. Uh, part five. Part five's okay. Part one's okay. Um, part two's okay. Part three, I didn't like at all on artworks. But yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> but um, but. Honestly, I mean, it's not. I mean, the, I've obviously talked extensively about the continuity stuff, but it's it's not absolutely. It's not like this is really harmless. Yeah, it's it's harmless. It's not unlimited number one in terms of offensiveness. It's not in the main main books. You know, it doesn't belong in continuity, so you can easily uh, forget it. Like, I, it's not referenced unless it's just ripped off later on in Minimum Carnage. Like, it, it's it is very '90s, so you can point to like this is what the era was kind of like at its worst. But at the same time, it's like, like it, it doesn't bring back Gwen Stacy. So like, like how, <laughs> how can you really? I know it sucks, but can you really get mad at it? I don't think so. I mean, I'm going to give it an F anyway, but I'm not angry at it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I got a question for you guys, because as you all know, my memory is incredibly poor. Um, do they ever reference this origin for Venom and his species again? No. I don't think it's a bad origin. Uh, for, the, for the yes, it is. I'm not gonna. I'm not, I'm not gonna tolerate. You. Like I, I don't. I don't think there's anything wrong with like there being more than one symbiote. I, no, there isn't. But the, the idea that they're just a planet of. of I don't. Of, I, mean, I don't. Re- and I, obviously, I'm, I'm referencing. Didn't, 
Wait, didn't Doctor Doom have a bomb or satellite full of symbiotes in one of Bendis's books back in? Yeah, he did do the Venom huh? story. That was during uh, the whenever Frank Cho was drawing New Avengers. Oh uh, yeah, my, no, it was Mighty Avengers. Mighty Avengers, and actually, Badly actually drew the art, did the artwork for that issue. Yeah, it was the second arc of of Mighty Avengers. Yeah. So, suppose that they were supposed to re- reference the story because the story was in continuity, and it and maybe maybe it's not continuity then. Well, well, hold on. It was Bendis. I don't think they ever referenced it directly. Yeah, it's probably indirectly referenced. But uh, I think I think they reference it later on in that what I mentioned at the top of the show about the oh the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, one? the Guardians of the Galaxy story. But I haven't read that, so I don't know for sure. So, um, <laughs> all right. Again, Don's right in that you can't like saying that he came from a, a plant. Like Venom is just one of a species. Nothing wrong with that. I just I, I I'm just really just bothered by the idea that they tried to retcon Venom into being... He's not that bad. He's a nice guy. (laughs) Just to give an excuse for Venom being a hero that they were trying at the This is about as obnoxious as Jameson making nice with Norman Osborn in Dark Rain. Yeah. (laughs) That was a continuity. So, um... Hey, Jonah, remember when I bought your newspaper out from India like a big asshole? <laughs> that was good times. All right, remember so, during the 20, 2002 movie? So, um... <laughs> there was, Ooh, I have a question. Anyone who was following Venom at the time. Okay, he starts this out with the most epic mullet ever. Then he's back to his crew cut. Isn't he back to his epic mullet in his very next appearance? Yes. Okay. That was in the Carnage too, like, like 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 in the Bagley issue he collapses with his normal haircut, and then like in the Tom Lyle issue he had like this this sweet nineties rocker hair. He yeah. looked like Billy Ray Cyrus's Regis. Tom, Tom well Tom Lyle drew everybody with either mullets or or what wearing clothes on top like, or then, wearing clothes that look like they were about to head to a job interview. And this is why animation has <laughs> character models. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, all right. Anyway, there's a we we referenced the main story of of Glenn's. I mean, there was a flip book. And I'm going to really touch upon this just real briefly. It's uh, the rest of just the um, um, Glenn Greenberg comments. So um, they would be remiss if they didn't discuss the flipbook feature of the five super specials, namely the Scarlet Spider five-parter that Tom Brevoort and Glenn Greenberg edited. Stretching across all five specials, they would essentially be a Scarlet Spider limited series, which they thought was a pretty cool idea. Tom and him did not want to make did really did want to make it special to produce a worthwhile story that further explored Ben Riley as a character and deserved all the space that was being devoted to it. It was kind of a project that J.M.D. Mateus would have been perfect for, but he didn't remember why he couldn't get they couldn't get him to write it. He was probably too busy, or simply they wanted somebody else on the project to use an opportunity to bring in a different writer, one that they would always worked with. Fingeroff was overseeing the project, and somehow for some reason he got into his head that they had to bring in back the lizard for this story. Tom Brady and him were present in any Spider-Man's Writers Conference, where the idea would even be mentioned as passing as a possibility, but they never committed to it as anything other than a possibility. As they recall, neither Tom B. and, and Glenn Greenberg had any real enthusiasm for the idea, so it wasn't something that they really wanted to actively pursue. Tom and then brought John Ostrander, a writer who greatly impressed them with the DC Scepter series. The initial idea was intriguing whether or not uh, a clone could have a soul. Unfortunately, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> Continue. Unfortunately, it conflicted with future plans in the main Spider-Man books. Okay, uh, and they took another stab or two at coming up with a storyline, but for whatever reasons, they couldn't get the ideas approved. John eventually decided to move on. Not only that, and every time any new story idea came in, it came from 
be it Ostrander or another writer, Danny would always ask, where's the lizard? So Tom and him would roll their eyes and try to muddle through. Eventually, it became clear that Danny would not simply not approve any story that did not include the lizard. <laughs> awesome. And he already had started to push his own choice of writers on, on them with time and, our, and their patience running out. Tom and uh, Glenn simply commit, submitted Danny's to Danny's will and did whatever he wanted. Terry Kavanaugh ended up writing the story, which featured the return of the lizard. It was one of the few instances where Brevoort and Glenn felt completely disconnected creatively and emotionally from a project they were working on. It became a project they had to endure rather than something they could really take any pride in and put together sometime later. This lizard story was systematically undone in the pages of Spectacular Spider-Man, and no one was more pleased by this than Tom B. and Glenn Greenberg. I want to edit Amazing Spider-Man so I can become obsessed with not approving any story that doesn't have Judas Traveler in it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the only character that um, Dan Slott's one of the only like two characters that Dan Slott wouldn't bring back. Oh yeah, what was the other one? I can't remember the other one, but one of them was Judas Traveler because the I marriage certificate. <laughs> because and I quote F- that guy. <laughs> so yeah, he said about Judas Traveler. F- that guy. Yeah, yeah, he he doesn't like Judas Traveler. <laughs> awesome. Now, if you're not blocked on his Twitter, you might be able to go ask him. But uh, he went on his, you know, Twitter blocking spree again. So, anyway, um, <laughs> are you implying that he blocked you on his Twitter, Zach? No, he didn't block me. He blocked Crossfit. But anyway, so obviously, we have any final thoughts about Planet of the Symbiotes with Elmo Carnage? Yes, it sucks. Freaking awesome. <laughs> and Greg. It's awesomely stupid. It's still getting enough from me. Good. All right. I, of course, gave it a D minus. That wraps up this exciting and unintentionally hilarious episode of Clone Sire. This dated episode. (laughs) Uh, How 90s it was. Yeah, definitely 90s to the max. (laughs) Zach, if you don't take us out of this episode with a Hootie and the Blowfish clip, I'm going to be mad. (laughs) You know what? Just <laughs> just because you said that, we got to do a hoodie on the blowfish. Most popular band in the. For some I really want to be with you. There we go. Yeah. Okay. I don't. Know, I don't know any hoodie on the blowfish songs. Dude. It was like the number one song in '95. Anyway. Yeah, I know, but like you forget how technologically backwards I was back then. I, I, could, back. I could tell you what the number one song of 2015 is. <laughs> it's probably some crap by like it's probably Gaga some shit. Anyway. <laughs> some, some, un, some unlistenable nonsense that makes my ears bleed. Anyway, and so it's that, really bad. <laughs> music yeah. these days always. We're such old <laughs> men now. That wraps up this particular episode of Clone Side Chronicles. Next time we're gonna be we're gonna be wrapping up the Chris Yost Scarlet Spider titles. Finally. Wait, wait, hold on now. Is that actually true? Yes. <laughs> I thought you were going to... Aren't you going to... Oh, that's right, because the new Warriors episode will be after... Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, there's a tease for the following episode. And, of course, you can... you can uh, After you get done listening to this particular episode, as you're wrapping it up, be sure to head on over to Spectacular Radio for some new episodes there. And go to Mayday Mondays and uh, listen to the Mayday Mondays podcast with Jerome. There may, there may actually be something on that front very soon. I'm not actually blowing smoke up... Though, I'm serious. Well, uh, excellent. Finally, we finally put enough guns to uh, to Del Tour's head to finally get that done. It's because I bought him dinner and uh, 
dessert the other day. Oh. Yeah, I know. I, I was just sitting, Greg, like, I got a page, I got a paycheck for this thing. I'm going to start treating you guys. I'm just sitting back, not saying anything, so I don't blow it. <laughs> He's like, please, sir, can I have some more? Uh, <laughs> I felt like I, so we're sitting there ordering pizza. It's like, and he's like, all right, everybody will have water. And I was like, I'll have a cream soda. I'm like tugging my collar like, oh, crap. Do I step over the line not drinking water here? What's the protocol for leeching? Did you – now, did they have you in a uh, government-approved cup, your cream soda? <laughs> what? Did they have your cream soda in a, in a government-approved cup? You know, you can only have oh, – oh, 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 well, well, Zach, that got shot down. Oh, okay. See. All right. It didn't actually <laughs> happen. Okay. All right. I, I just was – I was just asking if, if you know – Probably because they realize how stupid it would be that you limit cup sizes to 16 ounces so that you can't have bigger than that. Yeah. But not for it, just immediately forgetting that if you can't have a 32 ounce, you could just buy two 16 ounces instead. I yeah. hope this stays in the show. <laughs> yes, it will. All right, so that has been another episode of Clone Saga Chronicles. We will see you next time here when we cover the final parts of the Scarlet Spider Chris Yost home title. We appreciate everybody being on the show. Don, thanks for thanks, thanks for being on again. Greg, Gerard, be sure to listen to their shows on the network, spidey-dude.com. Elmo loves you. Elmo loves you so much. Some tenderness We'll walk upon the water We'll rise above the mess With a little peace And some harmony We'll take the world together We'll take them by the hand So that wraps up, of course, this episode of CSC. We'll see you next time when we cover the Scarlet Spider, the final five issues of the Chris Yost Pin book.